Good morning. Welcome to Grace. Will our quizzers please come forward? This weekend, we traveled to, y'all stand as a team, because we came uh, to this last tournament as a team of four. We went to Dallas, Texas, our furthest trip of the year, um, for Texas, Louisiana Open. This is one of the largest tournaments that we attend um, for the quiz season. This year, this tournament had 52 teams from multiple states, lots of competitive quizzing, lots of long nights uh, with some veteran quizzers. And our quizzers, like I mentioned, quizzed all together as a team for this tournament. And our four did an incredible job, both individually and as a team. I'll talk about them individually first. All four of our quizzers were either highest scorer or second highest scorer in multiple games. So, <laughs> Joseph was highest scorer in one game and second highest in another. Heston was second highest in two games. Noah was highest scorer in five games, second highest scorer in one game, and Lainey was highest scorer in a game and second highest scorer in a game. So if that sounds like we quizzed a lot of games, we did. We quizzed a lot of games, and of those games that we quizzed, our quizzers, 80% of those games were the highest scorer in the game. So they had an amazing showing this weekend. Everyone contributed to the uh, we, we had a record of seven and two. That's nine games. We never play nine games in a tournament. We were the team that played the most games of any other team in that tournament, and we won seven out of nine games, and everybody contributed to our wins. They quizzed as a team. It was beautiful to watch. They quizzed with good attitudes. They had humble spirits. They listened, and they applied the instruction of their coaches eventually, and it led them to a second-place finish as a team. So, as I mentioned, you know, they, they quizzed with some mental determination and some grit. They quizzed eight games in one day, five of which were back-to-back, -back. so they did not catch a break for five games. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with what a normal quiz looks like, it lasts um, on average about 30 minutes, but sometimes can be 45 minutes or an hour, and you're focused constantly for that entire quiz, thinking about verses, answering questions, um, and it's, it's a lot of mental uh, grit and determination that it takes to, to quiz. They did that for back-to-back -back with no stopping, two and a half to three hours when we quizzed five games in a row. So I'm proud of them. I didn't get a chance to tell them this yesterday, but I'm proud of that more than that second place finish because they did it with such a good attitude. Who's, who's next? Who's next up? Not I'm tired, not I'm hungry. So uh, for that, I am the most proud of these kids. They did an incredible job and they represented our church beautifully. So you guys should be very, very proud. Thank y'all. We are so appreciative of the commitment of those young people to the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to see all of you here this morning. We appreciate that you have made the effort to be here at Grace despite the liquid sunshine that's outside. Thank you so much. I have a book to read to you guys this morning for uh, announcements. Let's get right to it. We're going to have a, you will notice that there is a large bus outside. Please give the gift of life. Go out and donate some blood if you're able. They would greatly appreciate it. 
the Christmas for Christ offering deadline is today. So if you intend to give to that worthy offering, please do. Uh, Tuesday, January 31st, we will have Tuesday morning prayer here in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. And Sunday, February 5th, Brother Steve Cannon, our General Secretary of Children's Ministry, will be speaking to us in the 11 a.m. service, and we are really looking forward to that. Praise the Lord. Sunday, um, February 5th, also, Pastor would like to meet with the uh, Connect Group leaders in the A Center at 6 p.m. February 12th, we will have Child Dedication Sunday. If you'd like to have your child dedicated, please contact the church office, and we'll get that scheduled. And Sunday, February 26th, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., we will have a ladies' tea will be held at the Cottage Tea Room. A category has been set up on Easy Pay on our church website. The cost is $25 and the ages are 12 and up. And finally, March 11th, 9th through 11th, there will be Women's Conference in Tioga. Boy, that's a lot. I know you're going to remember everything. Praise the Lord. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Let's shake off the cobwebs. Do you love and appreciate God this morning? We are here because of His grace and because of His mercy. We're, because, we're here because he wants us here. So can we lift our voices to the Lord? Can we give him praise? Let's give him a hand clap of praise this morning and worship with our praise team. God bless you. Giant down. There is no one great. 
wouldn't be standing here singing today, but it's because of God's never-ending, never-failing love that He gives us every day. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I thank Him today. I can't help but get emotional when I think of who God is and what He has come to do in our Him up, everybody. Let's lift him up today, shall we? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the love of God today? Thankful for the grace of God today. Let's praise him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. So thankful presence of the Lord here today and I believe God has shown up today not just being omnipresent God but I believe he wants to be manifest presence of God here today I believe God wants to do something amazing for some people here today and uh, my heart's open my mind is open today I don't have any walls around me I didn't come with any particular pretense. I just came today open-minded, open-hearted to let the Lord have His way here today. Thank the Lord. Uh, great to see all of you here today. Our guests today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming to worship the Lord at Grace Church today. Thank the Lord. And um, I'd like to remind you of a couple of more things. I know that Brother Ben just made a long list of announcements couple of things I need to let you know about. Uh, this coming Sunday, a week from today, uh, there's going to be a, a, a few people here that's going to be filming various parts of our service for the ad that we're having made. And uh, I'll ask you to ignore them. Don't look in the camera and do the peace symbol. And I love you, Mom. And all of that. That's not what this is about. Just ignore them. They, they're going to try to be very background and what have you. But uh, if you'll remember that, uh, you may forget about it, but when you see them show up next Sunday and you wonder who those people are, uh, they're making the ad that we'll be running uh, here in a couple of weeks. So remember that. And I also want to applaud our lobby, our lobby staff this morning. Uh, I noticed uh, there were a lot of people that gained assistance and parking under the portico and then the lobby staff would go and park your car for you and what have you. Deeply appreciate it. Thank our lobby staff. Let's give them some appreciation. Thank the Lord. And I would like for you to remember uh, the church in Eunice. As most, most of you already have heard by now, their pastor passed away this past Tuesday. And uh, 34 years old and I'd like for us to really lift them up his family and also that wonderful wonderful church it's a wonderful church in Eunice and let's pray for them that God keeps his hand on them and also um, Kaylee Dubrock's grandfather passed away last night and they've asked us to lift that family up in prayer let's pray about that right now shall we Jesus we come to you today knowing that 
you're a caring God, you're a loving God, and that you care about these things. And I pray, God, that you administer to the church in Eunice, to the Lacombe family. I pray, God, that your hand would undergird them. We know a lot of people are praying, and we want to join in with that large group of people that's praying for these folks. That you would encourage them, be with them, lead them through this time. Kaylee and her family, God, we pray that you administer to her, minister to her family, undergird them in this time of loss. We ask it in the beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. While you remain standing just for another moment, thank you for your patience. I want to call your attention to John chapter 20. I'd like to begin reading with verse 24. And uh, I'm going to ask you, as you always do, but to lend me your ear this morning. I believe God has really talked to my heart about this service this morning. John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve. Everybody say one of the twelve. Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus. That has to do with him being a twin. Was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. Ten of them said, We have seen Jesus. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. One more scripture reading, Mark chapter 9, verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he, Jesus, answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long ago is it since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him no more. 
And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was one as dead insomuch that many said he's dead. And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. I have a very simple and what will sound like a very generic title for this message. But I mean it to be anything but simple and generic. I want to speak to you for a little while this morning. I believe. Everybody say, I believe. Thank you for standing. Thank you for your patience, and you may be seated. Henry Ford said, I believe God is managing affairs and that he doesn't need any advice from me. With God in charge, he said, I believe everything will work out the best, for the best in the end. So what is there to worry about? Robert Laidlaw said, God exists whether or not men may choose to believe in Him. The reason why many people, he said, do not believe in God is not so much that it is intellectually impossible to believe in God, but because belief in God forces that thoughtful person to face the fact that he is accountable to such a God. Very powerful statement. Mahatma Gandhi said, I believe in God not as a theory, but as a fact more real than life itself. I'm going to ask you to follow me here today the best you can as we traverse through this message. I believe that Thomas had that crucial moment in his life where he thought and even said, I cannot believe in God any further, any longer. It's too much has happened. There's too much for me to get my head around. There's, there's too, thing, too, many, too many things that just can't be explained. The things that have happened since Jesus was crucified has gone beyond what my faith can believe. The things that have happened since Jesus was crucified has gone beyond what my faith can believe. Somebody told Sister Murph recently that I just can't believe in God anymore. Several months ago, this statement came on the heels of some of the most unbelievable tragedy that's ever come to one single family that I've known in my lifetime. Last year, I talked to someone for close to four hours in my office, and I listened to this person give all the reasons why they do not believe in God anymore. I've even had my moments. Many years ago, after the passing of my dad, I was 16, as I've said many times. And I struggled with that statement, that I don't believe in God anymore. The position that I was in was caused by a prophecy that was given by a very notable prophet of that time, a very legitimate prophet. prophet. He was... This man was not out in left field. He's seen miracles. The list is endless. But he prophesied that my dad would live. 
I felt betrayed and that someone fell short of telling the truth. Me and my family put all of our faith in that statement. I believe we all understand today that that is probably the most dangerous place a person can find themselves in. But when you're in that place, listen to pastor, when you're in that place, you feel a sense of hopelessness and despair that is just impossible to describe. It justifies wanting to give up. It justifies wanting to quit. I know preachers who were legitimately called by God to the ministry have ended up in that place. And I've struggled again with that statement myself. After going, after giving rather a lot of thought to the situation Thomas found himself in, it occurred to me that life took him to a place. Life took him through an event that his faith wouldn't go. I think most everybody here today has heard about the tragic and horrible events that our good friend Greg Albritton has been through. I am amazed that through all of these horrible, unbearable circumstances, his faith went with him and his faith got him through it. Again, I'll mention our sweet Dave Bunch family here today in the horrible circumstance they went through several years ago, but their faith went with them. Sister Murph and I went with them through that as much as we possibly could, and a lot of you did. And we all walk away saluting and applauding the Bunch family because their faith went with them. When the diagnosis was made known to them concerning their son, I'm happy to report their faith stayed with them. I'll mention to you and remind you that Jesus prayed for Simon Peter one time and said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. So is it possible that a disciple, someone called by Jesus, someone called, by Jesus. Thomas wasn't following Jesus around because he thought Jesus was cool. He was called. He was asked by Jesus to follow me. So is it possible that a disciple called by Jesus can follow Jesus, believe in Jesus, and then come to a place that says, if Jesus wants me to follow him down that path, I'm too afraid to go with him because if I follow him down that path, that means that I will have to leave my faith behind. Again, Thomas was called by Jesus to be a disciple. I'm not sure if this calling that Jesus called Thomas with is synonymous with being called to the ministry as we know it today. But suffice it to say, Thomas was called 
And we can say what we want about his personality, his level of faith, and his level of understanding. But we can all, what we all can agree on is that Thomas was faithful. He showed up for everything. He was there every time the doors were open. I need to make some application right here. There's people sitting in this room right now that are going through some things that really has gone a little too far. And you're having a hard time getting your faith to tag along behind. There's people sitting here today that are living in circumstances that I just described. But in the past, you have been faithful to everything. Never missed a church service. Never missed a prayer meeting. Never missed a special event. But it seems like it happens to all of us sometimes. There's this one particular event that comes into our life that our faith is not prepared for. You may want to dispute with me, but I'll take the scripture and dispute back. But I believe there's areas in our lives where our faith is amazingly powerful. But I believe there are some events that can happen to people when their faith completely fails them. So much that Jesus prayed for Simon that that would not happen to him. As far as I know, the only time in Scripture that Thomas was absent from any meeting or any event, unfortunately, was the very first meeting that Jesus had with his disciples right after he resurrected from the dead. What a meeting to miss. I believe Thomas loved Jesus, and I believe you do. I believe that Thomas believed in what Jesus taught, and I believe you do. And I believe Thomas believed that all the miracles that Jesus performed were real, and I believe you do. But I also believe that the crucifixion and the resurrection were the two events that Thomas attempted to follow Jesus through all of that, that he just could not muster up the faith and the confidence that he needed and the faith and confidence that was required. Thomas missed, again, he missed the first time Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. The Bible doesn't say why. I choose to believe that it was something so legitimate. It was just impossible for Thomas to be there. And I'm going to give Thomas some more credit. I'm not sure he got the memo that if you attend this meeting, you'll see Jesus alive. I'm not sure he got that memo. I'm not sure any of the disciples did. I don't know why they met. I think they were meeting during the crucifixion. They were scared to death of the Romans crucifying them as well and so on. I believe they were just there and Jesus showed up. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. For whatever reason, Thomas was not at that meeting. Doesn't say where he was at. We don't know if he had a legitimate reason for not being there. We don't know if maybe he was pouting, and I say that in all due respect, and wasn't there. I want to say in all due respect to all of the disciples, 
and this horrific nightmare of a circumstance that they were going through. I do not know what I would have done had I been one of those disciples. And neither do you. Every one of them, every lasting one of them fled that night. Jesus was arrested. When the Romans came following Judas Iscariot into the Garden of Gethsemane that night, they were all terrified, they were all afraid, and they all ran. I know that Jesus told them that these things were going to happen. I'm sure some of them, if not all of them, had knowledge of the Old Testament prophecy concerning their Messiah. Jesus had already told them that I am He. He had already told them, I must needs go to Jerusalem. I must needs go and die. I must needs go be crucified, but I'll resurrect on the third day. He told them all of that. But I want to remind everybody here today, as I've said many times, prophecy along this line is an awesome thing until it starts coming to pass. A lot of people, including myself, have given Peter credit because he followed afar off. Listen to pastor today. But even following Jesus from a distance made him vulnerable to denial. Not once, but three times he denied Jesus that night. Doing his best to follow him as closely as he could. But trying to follow Jesus from the fringe and from the very furthest away you can and still be safe, that doesn't work either. As a matter of fact, I suppose less creditation could be given to Peter than the rest who just fled and went away. Peter's choice put him in a position where he had to make a choice. And he failed. So to pick up the story of Thomas once more. The disciples that had been with Jesus told Thomas that they had been with Jesus. But he didn't believe it. That's when he made the infamous statement that we've all heard, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe it. Will not believe it. It didn't matter how credible the ten disciples had been with Thomas, in front of Thomas for the past three and a half years and even prior to that, that he knew some of them. He knew they weren't liars. Not about this. You might can fudge on, he was a fisherman like some of the others were. You might can fudge the number a little bit on the number of fish you catch, but you're not going to lie about this one. To walk around to have ten men saying, we have just seen Jesus, and he is alive and well. And to Thomas looked him in the eye and said, I am not going to believe it. I don't care who says it. I don't care how many times you've seen Jesus. I don't believe it, and I'm not going to believe it until I see it for myself. It's interesting to me. It's so interesting to me. There's, there's people here at Grace Church, if, if 10 of you walked up after church and all said the exact same thing, that I've just seen this and this and this. You know, if it's just one of you is kind of flipped out and you're way out in left field somewhere, that's one thing. When you have 10 people that comes up and repeats the exact same thing, that we've seen the exact same thing at the exact same time. It's kind of hard to deny it, but I'm going to give Thomas some credit in just a moment. So for all that Thomas had experienced, 
and had been through over the past week and a half to ten to two to two weeks. From the time Jesus was crucified till he resurrected, and the disciples came saying, We've seen him. Ten of them. We're talking about we've been with Jesus. I'm going to give Thomas some credit. He may not have believed what they were saying, but it wasn't powerful enough to keep him from not showing up at the next meeting. That's where I give Thomas credit. There's people here today, please listen, please hear what pastor's saying. There's people here today that's been through some stuff. You haven't missed a service. You don't miss Sunday. You rarely miss Wednesday. You're, you're faithful. You support the church with your finances, the whole thing. There's, there's a whole bunch of people here today that have that posture, but mixed in with that group today, there are some people here today that have been through some events and circumstances in your life that no matter how many people at Grace Church says, I've seen this miracle, I've had this miracle happen to me, God led me through this, God led me through that, you still have a posture that I'm not going to believe it till it happens to me, but I give you credit. You still keep showing up. You still keep coming. You still keep, there's something on the inside that says, I may not have seen him for myself, but I still believe there's hope in me seeing him. There's still confidence in me that says there's still a possibility there's still something on the inside that's still alive and well what faith I have is causing me to keep believing so it didn't matter what the ten disciples said it didn't matter what a number of the women said Thomas had to see him for himself notice that where he didn't believe that Jesus was alive He did not lose faith in the possibility. Oh my. I think I understand that after seeing Jesus beaten so badly, his beating should have killed him. He was nailed to a cross and it took some six to nine hours to kill him. On top of that, he had been dead for at least three days. I might have a little trouble believing that he was up walking around my own self. I want to say that manifest miracles are the ones that are the hardest to believe anyway. I can say I've been healed of a headache. And we'll rah, rah, rah. Don't really have to prove that. You just believe it. You know, the pastor said it, so I believe it, whatever. But if I tell you that God completely replaced a foot that I've lost and given me a new one, we reach a place where we say, I'd like to see that myself. Am I right? There are some events and circumstances that your faith can't keep up. No matter who says it. There's some folks here today that needs to hear what pastor is saying. Let me share this with you being that I have some witnesses. I'm so glad that Sophie is here today. And last Sunday, if you remember, I preached to you. And I talked about David facing Goliath. And towards the end of that message, 
I uh, was right end of the sermon, right at the beginning of altar service. In my mind, I didn't see a vision. I didn't see anything. But in my mind, I knew to go tell Sophie that there was a giant Goliath right in front of her. And it was someone in her family. It was her mother who has incredible physical issues right now. And we're praying that God will heal her completely. But I felt inspired. And I know Sophie don't know me that well. And I didn't know how she would respond to it. But I just felt inspired to go get a prayer cloth over here. And I did. And I anointed it. And I brought it to her right down here. And I told her what I believe God had dropped into my heart and mind. That we're going to pray for you. That there's a giant Goliath right in front of you and it's something to do with your mother and we prayed I had her lay her hands on that hanky and we prayed and I asked her to get it to her mom as soon as possible and I think they brought it to her Sunday night or I believe it was Sunday night whatever night it was uh, last this past week Tuesday I was having lunch with someone had my phone on silent and when I was leaving that appointment is about three hours and when I was leaving I turned my phone back on I had a text from Ryan who was her brother-in-law it said, please pray for Sophie and Addie's mom. She was night, she was uh, uh, flown to Oshner's in New Orleans uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. Um, and uh, they believed it was a heart attack. It hit her lung, and it should have killed her. It should have taken her out. When I got that text, there was a big part of me where my heart sunk. But then there was another part of me where my heart just almost exploded and joy and jubilation because God was so kind to give them a heads up ahead of time. There was no way nobody could have known that. Now, I'm telling you that story, and I'm confident all of you will believe it, but if you don't choose to believe it, the witness is sitting right here on the front row. How old are you, Sophie? 16? I have a 16-year-old here this morning that will tell you that happened here at Grace Church last Sunday. But there's still going to be a few folks here today that says because of what God hasn't done for me and the prayers that God hasn't answered for me and all of that, I just have a hard time grabbing a hold of my faith and pulling my faith through that story you just told, Pastor, and I can believe it like you can. My faith just can't keep up. I'm glad to report her mother, I mean, if you excuse the expression, kiss death on the mouth. Addie texted me Friday, said she's, they sent her a picture of her mom setting up. They're taking all the stuff off, and she was eating breakfast, and uh, hopefully she'll be able to go back home here in a day or two. It's what God does. <clears throat> but I'd like to think, I would like to think about myself after witnessing all the miracles that Thomas did, that there would be some element of faith or hope on the inside of me that believed that his resurrection would have been possible. But there's another part of me that I just have to agree a little bit with Thomas. Do you understand how badly Jesus was beaten? The stripes on his back, the crown of thorns, all of the beating, the slapping in the face, the blood he had lost, being nailed to a cross, and then somebody tell you, I've just seen him up walking around and he's fine. There's just some scopes, there's some dynamics of miracles and the working of God's Spirit that's just hard for some people's faith 
to keep up with. I think it's phenomenal that Jesus or God said in Genesis chapter 1, let there be light. Do you realize that happened four days before the sun was created? And I hoop and holler over that, but it sure would have been nice to have been there to see it. Being real here today. Thomas was locked up in a room with the doors and windows nailed down tight. Jesus was sealed up in a tomb. The big difference, of course, was that Jesus was dead and Thomas was living. It's interesting that the stone was rolled away and Jesus walked out of the tomb. But when he came to see Thomas, nobody opened the door. He just walked through the wall. It's also interesting that having just walked through the wall, he instructed Thomas to touch the nail scars in his hands. Now how can you just walk through a wall and then somebody physically touch you in the hand? Anybody following me here today? It's also interesting that Jesus had Thomas to touch the nail prints in his hands, but Jesus was nowhere around when Thomas said that's what would have to happen before he would believe Jesus was alive. Interesting, isn't it? I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask my Bible scholars over here a question. Did Thomas want to see the nail scars in Jesus' hands to show that he was resurrected from the dead or if that was the one that was crucified. To me, he wanted to make sure that was the Jesus that was crucified. If you want to see that he's resurrected from the dead, you need to go to the tomb. Was there something yearning on the inside of Thomas? Maybe he had more understanding than we think he did. That if I'm ever going to be right with God... I have to know that he died on the cross for me. So let me see your scars. I can believe you're resurrected because you're standing in front of me. But I need to make sure it was you that was nailed to the cross. Just a point to ponder. One man said one time that those who once doubted has greater faith than those who have never doubted. I want to tell everyone, and my, my time is quickly going by, and I'm just about halfway through with this message, but I'm going to do the best I can. I've mentioned in passing that last year was probably one of the most difficult years I've ever lived in my life. For a multitude of reasons. Nothing seemed to be right. Nothing seemed to be working right. I believe I would hear from God for the church, but I could never hear from God for myself. I prayed and I sought God and I prayed and I sought God. And oftentimes at home, especially by myself, I had the feeling oftentimes where I just can't believe in God anymore the loneliness was overwhelming the despair the anxiousness all of that was so overwhelming many many times 
But I want everyone here today to know in no uncertain terms, and if you're watching live stream and Facebook Live and all of that, I can stand here today flat-footed, still standing on the Word of God and tell you that I believe. Brother A.J. Holloway that was here several Sundays ago told me that last year he knows nothing about me. He told me setting my office was here five minutes. Brother Dave Bunch was sitting there, and he said, I had a vision of you this morning coming to church. This was about two or three weeks ago when he was here. And he said, God tested you in your weakest moments. He tested you the hardest when you were the weakest. And he said, you've passed. It's where this message is born from. I can still stand here and tell you that it doesn't matter how many sins I've committed and how many times God has forgiven me and how many times he's healed my body and all of that. I believe all of that. But I went through some stuff last year that it was just hard for my faith to keep up. But I can stand and tell you here today, I believe. I believe now more than I ever did. I came to the pulpit last Sunday. You didn't catch it. And I didn't expect you to. But I said my faith is stronger and my trust is deeper. Because you see, those who once doubted oftentimes has greater faith than those who never doubted. Let me move on. Time is escaping. Thomas had issues in believing in Jesus. In Mark chapter 9, the man came to Jesus with his son that was possessed of a deaf and dumb spirit, the Bible said. I believe the essence of this story is the man is essentially saying, I believe in God. I believe in God, but I can't believe what's happened to me. There are people sitting all over this building this morning that still believe in God. You still have faith in God. You still believe in the Word of God. You still believe in the promise of God. What you're having a hard time believing is what has happened to you as a result of believing in God. Or seemingly, what is the result of believing in God? Maybe you've said, I just never thought that life I'm going to get real specific here in a moment, so fasten your seatbelt. I never thought life would take me down a path where my faith wouldn't go with me. I'm basing that statement on what the man in Mark 9 said. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Listen, listen, we can have postures like this or similar to this that says, I can make it through financial difficulties. I can make it when I'm not happy at my job. I can make it when the kids aren't doing well, that well in school. I can make it when my car isn't running well. I can even make it when my elderly grandparents or even my parents pass on. I can make it when my favorite aunt or uncle passes away. I can make it when I have to have surgery. But God, for the place I'm in right now, is a place where I didn't plan for 
I didn't plan to be in this place. I didn't plan for my life to go down this path. I didn't plan to end up where I am right now. And I'm just struggling really bad right now to believe. Just can't believe my circumstance. I I believe in you, God, but I just can't believe what's happened to me. I can't believe in the circumstances that's happened to me. The difference between the man in Mark 9, if you'll stand with me this morning. The difference between the man in Mark 9 and the disciple Thomas is that the man in Mark 9 was able to take his faith with him and the circumstance he was facing with his son. He had his faith with him. Notice this. The devil was taking his son and literally throwing him in the fire and in the water to either burn him to death or drown. And this man still had his faith with him. But he struggled to believe that there was any help for his son. Y'all didn't have that problem. Brother Dave, y'all didn't have that problem. Listen, told you I'm going to get real specific. The feeling of your heart is, Lord, I believe, but I just can't believe what's happened to me. I can't believe I've lost my job. I can't believe that I'm separated from my spouse. I can't believe that I'm divorced. I just can't believe that my spouse isn't serving God anymore. I just can't believe that my kids are backslidden. I just can't believe that I have cancer. God, I still believe in you, but it's my circumstances. I can't believe what's happened to me. Oh, my God, there's people here today. God had you so in mind. He knew you would be here today. He knew you were coming. And he laid this on pastor's heart to tell you that it doesn't matter if you're struggling with your faith in God himself or if you still have faith in God but you can't believe for your circumstance. It doesn't matter. The Bible has you covered either way. Come on, Thomas. I've told you the story many times when my dad passed away. I was suicidal and an emotional basket case and all of that. I was 16 for crying out loud. I felt like that every devil in hell was attacking me and all of that. And I laid on the kitchen floor in our little house when we lived in Cedar Crest years ago. And I'd take my little dog. I was there by myself and I'd just tuck my dog under my arm, a little chihuahua. And I would just cry and cry and cry and just sob and sob and sob for hours until finally somebody came home. I'd lay there for two and three hours and just cry, God, why do you hate me? God, why did you let this happen to me? God, why is my circumstance beyond what my emotions and my faith can handle? I can't do this anymore. So I did put a gun to my temple. I'm here to tell you, if you'll believe me, I'm like one of those ten disciples. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you if you believe me. I've been through stuff. I know how to have your house, build a house, and five months later it burned. 
and have to move out of it for three months while it's gutted and put all back in place. And I could go on and on about my 16-year-old son in the hospital curled up in a fetal position. He was dying, and the doctor couldn't find out what was wrong with him. I can go on and on and talk to you about sometimes where it's hard to believe in God, and sometimes it's hard to believe in God because of the circumstance you're in. Whether you feel like God has done it to you or God is absent from you while you're going through it. Either way, I'm here to tell you today, in my short tenure of life, I know I look young and I can't help it, but I have been through some things. I still believe. I still believe. And I believe in Him more today than I ever have before. And there's people here today that we could, I could rally probably 10 people around me in just a few seconds that says, yeah, I've been through this and I've been through that. And it felt like God failed and it felt like God betrayed and it felt like God abandoned and all of the feelings we've had. But you're still here. Why? Because you still believe. just sometimes can't get my head around the Abraham story when the writer of Hebrews said and he staggered not at the promise of God did he fail? yes he did did he lie? yeah he did he did a lot of things but I'm here to tell you when it was all said and done he was still a believer so where are you today? which one of these criteria do you find yourself in? Either way, it behooves you to come down to this altar and pray until you feel the presence and power of God around you. Either way, it is essential that you get yourself into the presence of Jesus like the man in Mark chapter 9. I'm so happy to tell all of you that of all the things I've been through and, and 40 years of ministry and 25 years of life prior to that, I can still say with all of my heart, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. You have to remember that life will take you to places your faith may fail you, but life will never take you to where God can't be with you. You'll never do it. Whether your faith is there or not, God is still with you. There's people here today, if I were you, I would take advantage of this amazing opportunity to just come down here as fast as you can and say, I'm going to bury myself in the presence of God. I'm not going to walk out of here skeptical. I'm not going to walk out of here. Young folks, y'all can come on. It's not like last Sunday. Y'all can, y'all, y'all can come down here and pour your heart out to God and say, God, it's really rough right now. It's tough right now, and I'm lost, and I'm bewildered. But somehow, God, I still believe. And if I didn't believe, I wouldn't be here. I'm not here to be social with my buddies. I'm here to engage the presence and power of God. I'm here today because I'm still a believer. I just need some help. I just need a little encouragement. I just need for somebody to pray with me. I just need for somebody. I need a manifestation of God. Everybody come gather if you feel comfortable to do so. Would everybody come? Say God.
the manifest presence of God in my life today. God, I need more today. I need something real. I worship you. You are here. Turn the lights around. Oh, yeah. Worship you. Oh, yes. God, I've got to have you. 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 